Hi, I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is... John and Ann's, Ann's Wrestling... Oh, wait, I missed no, that. Okay. We gotta do it again. We gotta do yeah. it again. Okay. We could also introduce each other. <laughs> okay. Go. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Ann. And, and this, this is John and Ann's, Ann's Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to John and Ann's Wrestling Podcast. It's a podcast, but it's a video. It's a video cast. A vlog? I don't think it's a vlog. No. I think it's just a podcast that we do it's on video. It's a podcast that we do on video. I now. mean, Howard Stern was a radio show, and they did the, they did that on TV. Yeah. And no. look where he is now. He he rescues cats. He does. So maybe if, we're, if we keep doing this, we'll be able to rescue some cats someday. Oh, man. That would be your dream. Yeah, like a whole bunch of cats, like a whole New York apartment that's just... For the cats that we have. Yeah. Actually, I say that would be a dream, but in reality, I would be very sick because I'm very allergic to cats, actually. Yeah. Even though I love them, I have a cat allergy that would be highly exacerbated by multiple cats. I feel like room. I've never met a single cat owner that wasn't like, I'm so allergic to cats. Like, I don't think I've, I think either just everyone is allergic to cats or everyone who loves cats is like cursed with an allergy. I think it's also like after you've been around cats for a while, maybe your body develops some kind of like antibody that's like, whoo, get away from these cats. Yeah. It's like, this is, you can't be around, go talk to, go on dates. Yeah. And you're just like, no. Anyway. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We do. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. That is a lot of stuff to talk There's about. There's a lot of stuff. Well, we, you know, we don't this always talk about huge. everything. We don't always talk about everything. You know, I no. want us to have options. Some of it's real quick. That's true. Some of these are the same thing, too. So, first, I guess let's talk about Raw. Yeah. Raw is bad. That's the new name for it. Raw is bad. Wow. Vince is here. Vince is here. His limo, his supercharged limo just showed up outside and went, Anyway, we thought Raw was bad this week. Uh, Did we watch it? Not really. I watched parts of it. Okay, you watched some of it. I watched some of it, but the crowd reaction was pretty lukewarm, I think. You know, it's weird because this is the time of year where they try, Mm -hmm. but also Raw is always going to hit like, a point between pay-per-views where it like doesn't matter but raw already like doesn't ever matter this is the period with triple h and everything where it's like it's close to mattering and sometimes it sort of matters but raw is like I, the best way i can describe the last like 15 years of raw at least is just pure nihilism just nihilism being like nothing matters there's no like there's, there's no memory there's no there's no like afterlife there's no morality or whatever it's just like nothing nothing you do matters it's just nothingness like so raw is very nihilistic like when i watch it a lot of times i'm just like nothing yeah. is nothing here matters i mean the thing that upset me about it was um i mean i kind of figured that the bailey lita tag team would emerge victorious oh you mean the the becky Becky, mm-hmm. Lita tag team would emerge victorious, but I'm a little disappointed by it, and I'll tell you why. This tell works into why. another thing that's on our list. I watched an interview this week with Bailey mm-hmm. on BT. I forget so the guy's name who did the interview, um, but he was very good at the interview. Anyway, it was a, it was a revealing interview because she went into a lot of 
behind the scenes stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things she talked about was damage control and the origin of it. And it's something that she had pitched for like two years. Mm. And her idea behind it initially, according to her, is that there weren't any women's factions. And there had never really been any women's factions, as far as she knew. Yeah. And she wanted to have a faction and, like, start a faction with a bunch of women, you know, not just a trio, but, like, have several women in it. And then over the course of these two years of pitching it and, like, not getting it off the ground, like, people were released, people left. I'm assuming Sasha was probably supposed to be in it at some point. Like, you know, things like that happened. And so here she is. She's got damage control going. And even in the interview, she references, like, how she constantly pitches ideas for them and gets told to, like, wait, wait, you have to establish yourself first, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, yeah, Bailey, <laughs> you have to establish yourself, Bailey, and one of the biggest stars in the company. And then, and so to watch that interview and then to see Damage Control lose the titles on Raw, not just to lose the titles, but to lose them to Lita, who is a superstar who, you know, deserves accolades. Like, I don't have anything against Lita, but, like, I feel like I've now been indoctrinated into what you've been complaining about for years which is the new and exciting talent that has so much to offer being steamrolled by nostalgia. Yeah. This is why I did, wanted Cody instead of the rock, you know, cause it's like, and the rock was sort of an exception because, or almost an exception to this because like there was an actual sensible story that was interesting that could have been told. But for the most part, uh, yes. And it's funny that you bring that up because there have been like, there's like groups of, uh, women in WWE that'll be like they're not really factions though they'll just be like these are like two to four mean girls mm-hmm. that hang out and like our friends and pick on the baby faces and then there's like two to four women that they're like picking on who are just like a random collection of baby faces that are hanging out like within this three month period yeah. and who the commentators just constantly refer to as best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's like the closest you ever get. Um, yeah. And like, sometimes you'll get teams like the Iconics, mm-hmm. uh, which were, they were great. Um, but yeah. yeah, you don't really ever have like, I mean, Riot Squad was a cool, uh, cause they tried to in like 2015 or so when they, hmm, was that part, was that Riot Squad? Was they, so a couple of people, a couple of women came up from NXT and there were like a couple waves of it. Um, and at one point they had like sort of a faction warfare, but the factions were kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but one faction that I think this was a little bit later, but they stuck around was Riot Squad. And it was Ruby Riot, now Ruby mm-hmm. Soho, Sarah Logan, who is now the... Wolverine. Uh, the, yeah. the uh, Yeah. <laughs> Basically, she's the, um, she's like the manager or whatever of the fuck what are they called at this point the viking raiders oh yeah yeah and then oh yeah yeah and then um live morgan Mm. uh and so they were a faction and they were actually like really getting to be a pretty strong that's a great group they were great they would have they were having great like trios matches and stuff too and then just you know eventually they just broke them up for whatever reason i think they released sarah logan first Mm -hmm. and then she took a long time off because she had a baby so she i think she just decided to like all right i'm just gonna walk away from this for a while um and then ruby also left but yeah there's not usually like factions of women yeah there's no four horsemen and and, you know when it comes to like the history of women's wrestling it's not that i don't want to it's not that i don't want to celebrate people like lita and the work they've done but the history of women's wrestling in the wwe is sparse 
Yeah. I, well, like, like there's not, there's not a ton to look back on and go, what a great moment. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, yeah. What were we saying? There's like, you could probably watch every single women, WWE women's match from like 1999 to like 2013 yeah. in like a week. Yeah. It's, it's, there's not a lot there. And it's not their fault. It's what the product was at the time. And we're lucky to be out of that for the most yeah, part. And in an era where there are a lot of characters, strong female characters in this promotion. Mm-hmm. But if we're not going to keep building that, then it's just going to slide back into what it was eventually is what I fear. Because like it's so easy to do that, you know, like it's very easy to just not have women's matches and like only give them one or two minutes in the ring and, you know, just have them do pillow fights. You know, it's very easy to do that. (laughs) And unfortunately a lot of fans won't even question it. Exactly. Even with the past like 10 years of women's wrestling and WWE actually being like important, uh, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of fans would just be like, Oh, hmm, yeah, it's scary because you look down the edge of the cliff and you realize, Oh, we could really fall down. I mean, like like a lot of things (laughs) in the world and yeah, you realize like there's a long way to fall here Yeah, yeah. it would be Um, very easy to do that. So So it upsets me when I see like something that it feels like Bailey was working on something and wanting to push something. And now it feels like that was kind of squashed a little bit i mean i'm hopeful that like this will lead into something but i'm also very skeptical of of that fate so the thing well (laughs) i have several things uh, i want to say there's well maybe with triple h it's different because he you know generally does have a story that he's trying to tell Mm -hmm. and the main roster is a little bit different but in like nxt it is pretty much always was going somewhere Mm -hmm. um and then in wwe classically pre-triple h people would always be like, I remember Damian Sandow cashing in his money in the bank contract on John Cena on a random episode of Raw to challenge for the World Heavyweight title, and then he lost, and he was the first guy to just straight up lose the money in the bank cash in, Mm -hmm. and everybody was like, let's see where it's going, let's see where it's going, (laughs) and I was like, it's not going anywhere, I know it's not going anywhere, you know it's not going anywhere, they know it's not going anywhere, Damian Sandow knows it's not going anywhere, John Cena knew it wasn't going fucking anywhere. It's not going anywhere, and it mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. Damian yeah. Sandow basically w- went into nothingness for a while, and then he only crawled his way out of it because he got to be the Miz's stunt double for a while, ah. uh, and he was just he was just mirroring everything Miz did, and then so he would just do all of Miz's moves as he was doing them in the ring, but he was outside the ring, and people loved it, uh, and then they won the tag titles together, and then that pretty much was it, and then he just like went by the wayside until he left the company. That's so sad. No, it is. So it, it's, there's not going anywhere. So, and but I, I worry about that happening with Bailey because as I've expressed this concern before, I worry about her uh, uh, experiencing Roth. Yeah. Because of her loyalty to Mercedes and her willingness to go to other shows and yeah, be I mean, seen there and like, you know. Yeah, be just genuinely <laughs> like, supporting somebody. Um you know, friendship isn't good for business. If there's exactly. one thing that like, WWE and, and their friends, baby faces. And being friends with someone who's on the outs with Vince. I mean, yeah. I feel like that makes you kind of a target in this world. I could see it. Uh, they, I feel like Damage Control will probably win those titles back because I don't think that Lita is going to have a championship <laughs> and be touring around doing much of anything with it for a while. I mean, yeah. they could make those titles. I would be like, well, maybe she'll have like a Brock Lesnar title reign. But I don't think if they were to have the women's tag team titles defended as much as Brock Lesnar defended his world titles when he had them, uh, they just would get rid of them. 
you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they would just be not seen for so many months. Yeah. It Which is, is also a scary possibility. They could absolutely do it. People constantly are like, oh, they just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. It's like maybe if you booked them more because they don't have mid card titles for the women. So yeah. this is at least something else for people to go after. Um, so now like Becky Lynch had held the other titles already. So now this is like the only title that she hadn't held. And it's fine to get like Becky Lynch a tag title reign. Yeah. With Lita, you know, with the see, the one thing that's different about like bringing back women of the Attitude Era or you know, like legends that are women is that by and large they did not get the same type of fanfare and attention and respect that like Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock or yeah. Triple H or The Undertaker, all those people got. So it's almost like they're owed this a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Lita's owed kind of a. Um, yeah, and, I, I like yeah. it for that reason. And it's a tag title reign, so it's not she's not the raw women's champion. Be- yeah. Bianca Belair for no, no reason. I do appreciate but, it for that reason. But yeah, but I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm no, just saying these I, are the no, things. Yeah. But they shouldn't be. I mean, as long as Damage Control wins the titles back, mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah. But will they? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know. Triple thing. H. I would. I would. I would expect him to do it. Vince. I, I was. I don't. But you know. know, I famously listened to the Busted Open podcast today. Right. And they they think Vince is back in creative based on this last episode of Raw. So I mean, it is starting to like not make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It would be I've been so like, yeah, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to get this big moment of WrestleMania and it's still like a great basically like a Pixar movie. That story is like friendship is more important than winning the championship and it's going to be great with the Usos and there's all this closure and I'm like so scared now that that's not going to happen and Cody yeah. and all this stuff. It just is like cuz with the Vince stuff it's just like nonsensical garbage. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like there's no reason. Nothing happens for any sort of. That's why. That's how Raw became nihilism, is because there's no plan. Things can change on a whim. There's no real direction. Nothing. Like there's no continuity. Nobody really like cares about. Nobody cares about anything that's happened before, except that they would repeat the same thing like five weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. But then once that cycle was over, they would move on to something else. And then nobody cared about anything that ever. So anytime they would do like a raw is 30 or something where they're like acknowledge anything from the past. Mm-hmm. And when they like remember it, it's almost like, oh, my God, they remember it. this is great because they're like acknowledging this thing that happened instead of just like letting it not exist anymore. But yeah, it just was like there's just no point to it. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Well, should we anyway. move on to past raw to uh, what, what? What's SD? SmackDown is better. So I was a, a friend of mine was talking <laughs> I was about like what is SD is better standard definition. Special Delivery Jones, the uh, SD Jones. He was a, he was a wrestler. But anyway, um, so a friend of mine and I were talking about this, um, and because we were talking about, I guess I'll just go right into this. Brock Lesnar is facing Omos at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which I feel kind of bad shitting on it so much because Omos it it's good for Brock Lesnar to be facing somebody new somebody fresh not for a championship mm-hmm. and maybe somebody who could he could lose to somebody who could beat him I also don't want to like come down on Omos and be like he maybe he sucks because I've enjoyed Omos the few times mm-hmm. I've seen him that said I've seen him in tag matches I've seen him in short matches I don't know that Omos is going to be able to do this big main event match with Brock Lesnar, even though, well, the Brock Lesnar matches are going to be short, actually. Their match will probably be like five minutes. Mm. So that's good. Um, but Lesnar is in the middle of that Bobby Lashley feud. 
I wanted that Lesnar Bobby Lashley match so bad. They That's been going on for years. They did it too. like three times, but they never really <laughs> did the match. I know. I feel like every time I see Bobby Lashley get some kind of heat, Brock Lesnar shows up, and then everything kind of fizzles out weirdly. Yeah, it's like they had that stupid match that I predicted in last year's Royal Rumble, where Roman Reigns like helped Bobby Lashley win. Then they had like another match in Saudi Arabia that maybe was all right, but I think I don't think I watched that one. And then they had. Oh, no, I did watch that one, and it had, like, a weird finish. And then this one that they just did at Elimination Chamber had the low blow thing mm-hmm. that was like, okay, well, at least I guess they're going to finally finish this at WrestleMania, and there we'll finally have the real match. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't – Then and now they're doing Brock Lesnar versus Omos, and Lashley's, like, randomly feuding with Bray Wyatt. And it's like, wait, what happened there? Why yeah. is this? And then the Bray Wyatt feud is like, man, I got it. I don't I, get what's happening with Bray Wyatt I love, at all. I love Bray Wyatt as a performer – and everything, and I think he's great, but good God almighty, I am so done with this character. It's so sad how excited I'm, I was when he came back. I was so always. happy. I cried. I was emotional. And then ever since then, I've just been kind of sitting here going, okay. That <laughs> is... that is What, what, what now? That what is we Bray Wyatt's entire career, <laughs> is you're excited because he has a lot of energy and he's a really good performer. So yeah. anytime something new happens, he is like, it, it's exciting. But then you realize there's no point, and they just do everything. They just do the littlest bit he needs, forever. He needs a much more complex story to make his character work, and like they're just they just never give that. And honestly, that feeling is like just watching the last couple decades of WWE. <laughs> some like just moment will happen. Somebody will mm-hmm. come back. Some big somebody will win a championship. Some like big moment. Some simple big moment will happen, and you'll be so excited to the point of tears. Yeah, and then nothing happens yeah. it's just complete nothingness because like, they got you because they got you and they, they don't you. care it's very it's very capitalist honestly yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they don't really care about putting out the best product they just want to get you and then they're going to do those as little as possible we to got keep em. you yeah they, they don't they, care they paid for the pay-per-view we they got subs- em. they subscribed to peacock yeah. we got them a bunch of little vince mcmahon gremlin clones <laughs> that he made of himself that follow him around and do um, we got him subscribing to Peacock. Yeah. It's the most nefarious Peacock marketing scheme in the modern world right now is WWE. Uh, I wanted to say also, because I recently read a book that's not out yet, but it's coming out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was actually proud of myself. It's been a while since I finished a book. And this yeah, is one yeah. of the first books. You I love starting books. Finished. I love starting that's books. That's like me with video games. I love coming back to books. Mm-hmm. I love reading books and beats and pieces over months and years. Mm-hmm. This book I actually finished. Um, it's because someone I consider a friend wrote it, uh, but it's called Ringmasters about Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Very interesting book, and I learned a lot. But one of the things that I took from it is a, is a, is a true appreciation for why Brock Lesnar Omos is happening, and it's because Vince loves the big boys. Vince loves, and he this loves is, the big men. This is the stereotype for the, like 50 years at this and point. And I didn't really appreciate that fully until I read this book when I was like, man, no, of course he wants Omos and Brock mm-hmm. to fight. He wants the – look how big they are. Yeah, he loves big guys. Whoa. <laughs> Lashley was good until Omos was taller, you know? I mean – Oh, yeah. <laughs> so – Oh, God, poor Bobby Lashley. I, I know. I want Bobby Lashley to get – something i mean I i'm know. glad he got those title reigns at in least in the years that i've been watching he's been it, it feels like he's been shortchanged in the years oh, that i've sure. been watching he also got screwed because they uh you know they put both titles on roman reigns which is cool for the roman reigns character mm-hmm. but it screws over the rest of the roster when you have because they have a huge roster because they have two shows right so the idea is that each show is like equal and everybody on that show has opportunities but now roman reigns has both titles 
And so, and it's been a year that he's had both titles. Yeah. And so it's just like, nobody has, that's why I think Cody will give up one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, uh, but yes. So my friend and I were talking about this cause the Bray Wyatt thing is like, I, who even knows if Bray Wyatt, like I, Bray Wyatt could do the Bray Wyatt thing and just lose for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that sucks. Or Bobby Lashley has to lose because Bray Wyatt needs wins right now. Mm. Um, and their match could be really cool. Honestly, Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley are two big Haas guys who could mm-hmm. like throw each other around and really, you know, have like a cool, cool big boy fight. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. And it's also like the thing with Bray Wyatt, that character is really cool. He does really cool promos or he did, you know, when he started, but it's too stupid. It's just too stupid. Like the spooky, stupid crap is just, it's just so stupid that you can't invest in it. It's like the pitch black match is so dumb. I mean, it was kind of cool that it looked that way. It did look cool, but it was it. But it's so silly and goofy, it and it's like he's this guy's not, crying. He doesn't, he doesn't take it to a silly, goofy enough place. He does. It's like he doesn't. Well, he's he, a very good performer. Like he's an excellent actor. Yes. Like when he delivers lines, you believe them in his face. He emotes really well, but like he's almost not big enough with it for that character because he's trying to be serious with it yeah but the character is goofy right but it's not supposed to be goofy it's just that the people that put the show together are bad and just yeah. keep making it goofy i kind of like i think about it in terms of like undertaker undertaker would like come out and do a thing like he would kill somebody yeah and put them in the thing and then drag them away i don't know that does bray wyatt have a thing like that that he, he used to have a compound and stuff and he would take people yeah to the compound. I he took he, like, daniel yeah. bryan to the compound and, com- he, and took he, like, his brainwashed hair. Him. he famously yeah. stole his hair yeah uh, and he yeah. brainwashed him and then they had a match and yeah. that was fun that was actually a pretty good bray wyatt yeah that story. was like peak him when, yeah when he was doing it but i feel like whenever i see him now it's not like, because like with Undertaker, it's like, oh, Undertaker's here. He's going to kill this guy and like take him away and put him in a box mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and with Bray, like Bray shows up and it's like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe nothing. It's just the stupidest. <laughs> Maybe he'll just stand there. Because he'll like <laughs> take people, he'll take people to his compound or whatever and like drown them or whatever. And then it's like, <laughs> so did he kill a guy? Like what did the fiend he set and one, during one of those uh, pandemic pay-per-views, he set Randy Orton, like set him on fire. And then they like oh, cut yeah. away and they cut back and it was clearly a dummy that was on fire. <laughs> and it was like, this is like SNL. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like, obviously fit. it's just so stupid. Yeah. And it's just, it's really insulting to the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing that why I keep thinking like we're spoiled by AEW and especially because you like came in, you know, you like started getting back into wrestling by watching AEW partially. And yeah. so it's like AEW treats everything. Like <laughs> AEW w- does silly stuff too. And the WWE but- that I did watch was like, like what we were just watching, like that Raw from 2018. Yeah. Where it was like a bunch of people that were really great all in it at the same time. Yeah. But um, even still, the people on w- in WWE can only do so much. The performers can only do so much to make the show make sense. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, like it just is too... They're fighting so hard against everything. It's like so many systemic issues in WWE that make it so difficult to tell a story. It's like it's the stories don't have to be that complicated. I'm not saying they should be like mature audiences and stuff like that. Like you can tell Marvel movies are like all ages and I like those. And those have simple, straightforward stories. Anyway, SmackDown is better because of the blue lights. This kind of goes in with that. I didn't have it on the list, but I think it's worth mentioning. It just made the list. (laughs) It just made the list. Um, (laughs) We, uh, well, I watched um, a a episode of the gorilla position podcast, which is a WWE podcast Mm -hmm. with um, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins on it together. And, 
Becky Lynch at one point kind of she makes several impassioned speeches one of which was when she thanked Triple H for giving the women things to do and letting them have matches and promos and storylines because surprise surprise when you do that you build women characters people want to see mm-hmm. um it's almost like they're <laughs> the same as the men and the other thing she said was like oh I, I forget what the question was but she all of a sudden she paused and she goes there's just so much content she's like there's six hours of wwe a week that's just the and regular that's there's not a pay-per-view and then yeah. she was like and she was talking about the writing and she kind of made a point that like she wished that they would let the wrestlers kind of drive the story more or or decide what they want to say more because yeah. she was like we know what we're good at we know what works for us we know what we can bring and if we don't know that we shouldn't be here is basically yeah. what she said and like i i read into that a little bit and i was like oh that's kind of a spicy thing to say I mean, it's true. For sure. It's a great thing to say, and it's amazing that she said it, but like, it's it's one of those things that felt almost like a dig at people who maybe need the writers more. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, you can, any good booker in the creative, WWE is not run like any other wrestling promotion has ever been run before it, um, or after it, honestly. There's like, well, there's a few that have he- used like heavy writers, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, in like AEW and previously in WWE, it's like, there are agents that put matches together there's a cre- there's like there's a booker that like makes the matches like Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. uh, and decides all the feuds and the storylines and they have a, a booking staff and they have like you know the agents that help and producers that help the wrestlers put the stuff together they'll give you like hey these are the points we want you to make in this promo wrestler sort of improvises the promo John Moxley does that all the time uh, and instead they try to script everything because once they get control of everything they wanted to make it as like broadly appealing as possible and mm-hmm. they wanted to they started to it's also just I think that Vince liked having control yeah. <laughs> over everything. And so once he had control over wrestling, he was like, I'm going to have control over everything in the company. Yeah. Well, and, and also, like, if you have that, you can bring in people like, I mean, I hate to always pick on him, but like Logan Paul, where it's like mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to do a wrestling promo. But that doesn't matter because we can write it for him. You know? Yeah. What I mean? And like, he has enough personality. And it, it, that's also a thing that like a good booker will do. This is what Paul Heyman would do in ECW. You accentuate somebody's strengths and then you mask their weaknesses and they can work on their weaknesses and try to get better at them but that's why like goldberg and wcw worked for a long time because he couldn't really work like a longer match but you just presented him in that way i Mm -hmm. talked about paul Heyman, and i jumped to wcw which is (laughs) but they you know it's like people a lot of people in ecw were not great (laughs) performers they weren't the best wrestlers sandman wasn't like a technical wizard or anything Mm -hmm. like that but he was like a scumbag Philly guy, so a hero to the people of Philadelphia. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. was like an everyman, and he would just come out smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, sharing beers with the audience, and he would just wail on people with a stick. You know what I mean? There are and a million he was ways just, to be a wrestler. I mean, it's true. And he was like the number one babyface mm-hmm. in ECW, which was a big promotion at the time. So you yeah. just math. And so, like, you do that with people, and, like, that's how you get people over, and, like, they remain over. But if you just have, like, kind of a staff of, I've never wrote and written for WWE. I don't like, I know it's a nightmare to work there. I know it's hard. It's very, I don't know that like having a staff of writers that aren't as familiar with wrestling really helps the product. It's good to get outside perspectives Mm -hmm. and diverse perspectives, but I feel like wrestling is such a different show. And you also have that with the wrestlers. Yeah. The wrestlers themselves can do that. Yes. They are. That's the thing, like, especially when you look at, like, the women's division, it's like, let the women decide their stories. Like, they can do that. 
Yeah, or you can Becky have like a, can definitely do that. You can have a booker, and then they like pitch their stories and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean, Danny mm-hmm. Cage and the Monster Factory. I think he, you know, Danny Cage and the Monster Factory. I think he had some good ideas about what people were like, what people were good at, and how to accentuate people. I know it's a small. We can't talk about this yet, but look for a big announcement on March second. Yeah, about the Monster Factory. Yeah, hush hush. Follow me on Twitter. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, but yes, but they. Um, I don't know. It's just like that narrative storytelling is not necessarily just conducive to WWE. Now, I mean, like the Sami Zayn bloodline thing is basically Breaking Bad. So you can do it. It's just how do you, you know, morph that into WWE? But maybe it's not the writers that I should be picking on. It's just, God, it really always goes back to Vince McMahon and the people at the top. Because it's really just like. charge of it. It's really just like, it can work. But you need to be open to evolving it and figuring out how it can work with wrestling. And the Sami Zayn bloodline thing is great. And that took some experimentation. It took turning Roman Reigns heel. It took like allowing a storyline to like evolve over time. Mm -hmm. It took listening to the audience reaction. It took a lot of things and like, you know. um, Takes an investment. It takes an investment. It takes like being able. So if you're not willing to let it evolve, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to. Also, um Wait, what did I just say? It was Sami Zayn of the Bloodline. Oh, God. Well, we'll get back to it. I wrote it down. Okay, great. Do you want to talk about Gunther? Yeah, Gunther All is... Uh, WWE. Gunther. 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 He... Rumors. The scuttlebutt. Ranked... Uh, power ranking of 88. Yeah. For the video game, folks. I didn't know about all that, but it yeah. sounds bad. It, uh, it's not good. Yeah. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. You think someone from WWE would be familiar with? Um, I'm sure they're familiar with it, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's why it happened. Yeah. Look up the number 88, not on your work computer. Don't uh, you know? It's let's just say it's a Nazi thing. Yeah. Um, you don't it, have to look it up. It's you a don't Nazi have to look thing. it up. Uh, I just didn't know until you explained it to me. Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, so eight is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So 88 for neo Nazis is code H is code the... H. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, it's a code for Heil uh, Hitler, you know, the guy. Yeah, you guys guy. know him? You, you heard of this guy? You heard, it, heard, you heard about, about this? this guy? <laughs> you heard about this guy? <laughs> okay. uh, so anyway, yeah, if you're really into that fucking fuck face, uh, it's wow, a code. Wow, bold words. I know, sorry, I'm coming out against wow, wh- Hitler on this What? What a podcast. stance. Huge, huge of me. I'm coming Jeez. out against Dilbert. I'm coming out against Hitler. Wow. I'm coming out against all the figures Boy. of race hate. Dilbert is um, now wow. Poor, poor, I wonder, I wonder, Scott I wonder, Adams. Did you see what he no, said? I know, oh, I know, I know. I'm not. He, no, oh. it's just funny that Dilbert is now like right up there with Hitler. Well, to me, I also I want I want to um, I want to get Dilbert's take on this because Dilbert feels like an entity unto himself and it's i want to get dilbert and he seems like he would just be like oh come on man you think that but you really only ever see dilbert at work where he's the it guy and how many like white it guys at your office do you think are secretly like on alt-right forums honestly i don't even know how secret it is i feel like it's fairly out there all you need to do is talk to him at a happy hour and it'll come out pretty fast Yeah, maybe we shouldn't give dilbert the benefit of the doubt i'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt i just want anyway anyway. speaking of nazis all right gunther yeah boy okay so gunther he's in line maybe for a world title push after And you're excited about this god well not when you set it up like this (laughs) he's not a nazi Walter's not a Nazi. I mean, okay? canonically, the character. 
I think the heel character maybe is a little bit is supposed to be fascist, but he's not a Nazi. He's a member of a faction called Imperium. He's okay? not actually a Nazi. He's though. a member of a faction called Imperium that uses a lot of Roman Empire like imagery, like columns and stuff, right? He's, Again, called Imperium, right? But he chops so hard. And then in in Imperium with him is an Italian man. Okay, and, look, um, I resent this. Who's okay, the other it was guy? a mistake. It was. A German guy. Another German guy. Oh, yeah, because he's Austrian. Gunter's Austrian. Which is worse, technically. Because anyway. <laughs> that's where <laughs> that he is, was yeah, actually that is from. actually where Hitler was from. So he's not a Nazi. He just uses all the imagery. <laughs> and literally created the Axis powers. Yeah. I cannot wait for... Um, <laughs> Someone the, from New Japan to yeah, join Yeah, it's a sign. Yeah, yeah. For, we signed Tanahashi. He's going to join... Uh, God damn it. Um, and they're going to wear uniforms. They do wear uniforms. I know. They wear black trench coats. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Anyway, excited uh, for that world title push. Yeah, I'm really excited. This guy's like my favorite wrestler. And, uh, yeah, it's really... <laughs> Let's never preface this again with uh, somebody's a Nazi. He's not actually a Nazi. If he is, if it comes out that he is, then I denounce him, obviously. But that has not happened. He seems like he's not a, a Nazi or a fascist or a racist or anything. There's never been any life. racism in WWE. There hasn't <laughs> been in a couple months. In a Maybe. Couple months. Maybe a couple months. I don't even I shouldn't even say that. That could absolutely be untrue. <laughs> that I, I haven't scanned. Actually, sure John, two some... weeks ago, oh, Vince McMahon. Said Came back. N word again. Oh yeah, no, that's not. Well, it's not actually some uh, vice president. It did. Get, I didn't even write it down, but he oh, did get right. fired over immediately over a uh, um, an HR issue, which is yeah. like, do you do you know what kind of fucked up shit you have to do in WWE to get in even an HR talking to? Yeah, I mean, like, let alone let fired. Yeah, fired as an executive. He was like an executive, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah. working with like the college people or the college recruitment. Something. Oh God, yeah, no, some something bad. Some bad stuff happened. Bad things. Some, anyway, yeah. I don't want to. Uh, you know, I, to be fair, Gunter, he's just an Austrian guy. He's doing the best he can. He is as a person. I don't. He's got to deal with this all the time. Know, you know, he's know. from Austria. Well, you know? I mean, so, he gets you know. it. Maybe, Probably. maybe if, you know, let's give him a chance. Let's hear him out. Let's see what he let's, has to say. <laughs> let's see what kind of ideas he He's has. He's a very fine person. Once he takes over the world. God. <laughs> title. Yeah. Once he takes over the Once world. Once he takes over the championship. world. Championship. Title. We'll see. You know, maybe he'll make the trains run on time. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, <laughs> but he's good it's okay he's he's good and i'm excited to see it <laughs> i i you know i am too i am too we'll see what happens i mean he's, he's been got working really hard i also I you know what's funny if cody rhodes wins at wrestlemania <gasps> he'd be up against america yes <laughs> so it's all really not going well no i think it's going i think it's going exactly as it should go uh anyway uh, let's talk about a real american here yeah let's talk about Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. So we're going to shift to AEW a little bit because I'm tired of complaining about WWE. Eddie Kingston. A-E-W. A-E-W. Okay. Eddie Kingston is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. He's great. Had a match of the year candidate with Jay White at uh, Battle in the Valley. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah. So I love Eddie. I'm a little worried because he is saying that he found out about being he's in the face of the revolution ladder match coming up on dynamite mm-hmm. they can't fit it on the revolution card like they usually do because 
the main event is going to be an hour, so they have to, I guess, minimize matches. So they're going to do it on Dynamite to, um, on Wednesday. Mm. Tonight, I guess. Tonight. When you're watching this. Um, and he apparently found out he was going to be in that match on social media. So I guess nobody told him. This could be... Bro. So this could be a work, but, you know, I mean, you know, dude, I got to talk to Tony Khan because he's... <laughs> Find <laughs> out on social media. Yeah. For some like reason, really I, bad I, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, for impression. some reason, I launched into like a Boston accent somehow. Um, but he, uh, and so he's like, I, I, I gotta have a conversation with, with the office. And he's like, it's not just Tony. So uh, people think it's just Tony, but there's other people there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got an issue. See, this is Eddie. Mega HR is what he's always, uh, you complaining know, about. And this is the same thing that I worried about with CM Punk and all this stuff. It's like, just you know, look, man, I love you, Eddie. I love that you don't take any crap from anybody, but just like relax, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I don't know if anything's actually happening. He could be working us. He could be. He could be, have a le- very legitimate issue. You should know what your match is going to be. You know, especially if you're going to be in a big, dangerous ladder match. Well, by definition, you know? complaining about these things on Twitter when you're a person who has the interview. contact information. It was an interview. Oh, I thought you said. Oh, oh he found about it on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't start tweeting about it. About it. Oh, no, okay. he was. Uh, somebody asked him about it in, in, yeah. in an interview. Um, but I mean, still, you're a public figure. You have yeah. the email address for your boss, and you're taking it to the public. The, so, by definition, it's kind of a work. You know, whether yeah. it's whether it's a worked shoot or you know whatever. It's generating interest it, in it. You're you're using it as part of whatever you're doing yeah so so i i'm sure everything's fine i just really want everything for eddie and i just want to make sure everything's cool um, yeah we love eddie we, we want love eddie. eddie all we want at this podcast is for eddie kingston to take the belt off mjf in the ultimate battle for the king of new york that's right hmm oh okay um so also, okay, so Eddie, g- good luck to you. Godspeed, um, and good luck to you. So anyway, uh, more AEW stuff. Kenny Omega, finally, he was on The Sessions with Renee Paquette. Oh, I love that. I love that show. And I got to listen to it, but I did I did do a little a little read of a little Oh, uh, did he, t- he talked about the backstage stuff? Yeah, a little bit. He mentioned, he said it was an unfortunate event that happened. He was like... We kind of have like stopped talking about it as though it like it didn't happen, but it did happen. It's really unfortunate that it happened. It's like no, he was like nobody is proud of it. Um, I would, wouldn't be that surprised if CM Punk was somehow proud of it. But yeah, but they, but he's like nobody's proud of it. Uh, it really, he's like for legal reasons, we may never be able to talk about it. I can't really go into mm-hmm. like details right now, but he's like it did happen. I feel bad about it, and it's like it just wasn't anybody's best, you know foot mm-hmm. forward or whatever he said uh, something like that but it was like it was crazy to hear him talk about it and then cm punk so a, c- a couple of people have been coming out um sort of not in defense of cm punk dax harwood is al- always of ftr is always kind he's never really like defending cm punk but he's like talked about the positives mm-hmm. of C- having cm punk there uh so he's never saying that anything anybody says about cm punk is wrong but he's like but he was really cool to us he really helped a lot of people out um and then mark henry who is like a saint like mm-hmm. this guy is like the nicest, one of the nicest guys in wrestling. Nobody's yeah. ever had any of the bad thing to say about Mark Henry. He's always supportive of people. Mark Henry, I remember an interview where he said because he is, was a strong man, he would do like um or not even strong man, he would do like power like you know powerlifting. He was an Olympic powerlifter, mm-hmm. and he had a couple records for a while um, for powerlifting. And then like like ten years ago or something, I remember reading a thing where there was like some high school kid that was like breaking 
or about to break his record. It seemed like he's breaking his record. I think Mark Henry was like cheering him on. Oh yeah. He was like the guy when I broke the record, the guy whose record I broke was not very nice to me. Oh, And yeah. so he was like, so I want to make sure I was nice to this mm-hmm. guy and like really supportive of him. And that's very sweet. Yeah. Mark Henry's a great guy. So yes. Mark Henry was saying, cause all these people are saying Seth Rollins even said CM Punk was a cancer. And then he, he didn't really walk it back a little bit, but Seth Rollins did had a very, I thought very sensible, mature, Mm-hmm. addendum to that which is i'll like let you because, finish yeah. your mark henry thought but i have a thought about that seth rollins cm punk thing when okay cool so the mark henry thing is just that he was saying that he's not a cancer he has he's helped a lot of people in aw he knows he's like opinionated and he can be like difficult sometimes but mm-hmm. he's was very willing to help a lot of people he had a lot of good things to say about him and he was saying he was like i think those guys him and the elite need to just have sit down in a room together and just talk it out like mm-hmm. just between them for like the business or whatever and just be like talk it out mm-hmm. air their grievances no tony Khan or anybody in there and he was like i would be happy to mediate that i would be happy to go in there it would be pretty hard to start yeah throwing hands or getting immature when mark henry is sitting there yeah um so it's like that would be great so i i mean i don't know so mark henry said all this stuff uh it's very nice stuff and look i'm such a cm punk little mark i know like i've been talking very bluntly about him and very yeah. honestly about him on this podcast at this point and i am like disappointed and everything i would love to be able to welcome him back yeah i don't know that i will be comfortable doing that also all the colt cabana stuff is real weird oh yeah so like i Forgot don't know that. that makes it even harder i'm not you know but whatever but uh a fan was like he should just retire mm-hmm. and i'm like kind of like probably and punk like responded to the fan. He's like, I'm going to wrestle again somewhere just to make you mad. And it's like, this is a healthy attitude. I mean, it's normally yeah. I would think that was funny from mm-hmm. punk, but now I'm just like, dude, please, for the love of God. Well, you know, relax. Okay, so my thought on the Seth Rollins thing, cause uh-huh. Seth also brought up CM Punk in the interview that I watched. I mean, it was from like last summer, so it's kind of old, but like, yeah, it wasn't it. Uh, but he said the same thing about CM Punk being a, a jerk or whatever, but I think the Seth Rollins CM Punk stuff is a total work. I think Mm. he's trying to, I think either he or Vince or WWE, whoever is putting that out there repeatedly because they want CM Punk to come back. I mean, maybe. And I think they're trying to continually flag, like send that flare up. You know what I mean? Like, maybe like, cause all it takes is for CM to decide, okay, maybe I will go back to WWE. And all of a sudden there's a storyline waiting. You know what I mean? Like it's automatically setting up a storyline so that he could very easily just walk right back in. I mean, Punk versus uh, Rollins would be very great. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing is like this was this interview was from like ten months ago, so it was from a while ago. That's and like not that long before the All Out brawl. Yeah, and he was saying this, and he was saying yeah. he'd want a match with Punk. He would want to do a match with Punk. Like he was saying all mm. this, and I'm like, yeah. He the only reason he's been saying this the whole time has got to be because WWE wants to leave that door open. Rollins probably wants to leave that door open. I like, mean. Maybe I think it's, he's been. I think it's definitely uh, just like a standing policy at WWE. Say you hate CM Punk, so that'll come back. Maybe <laughs> I mean, yeah, he definitely is. Uh, like it seems so unlikely that he would ever be back there because, especially like Triple H does not like him. So many people don't like him. Yeah, but it Triple H is so, not in charge it anymore. It seems so unlikely that he would ever come back that it makes it much more likely because it would be so unexpected and it would be the biggest thing they could have. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he would that would get more like headlines than The Rock coming oh, back. Oh, for sure. Because The Rock coming be back huge. is normal. Like at this like point, CM Punk coming back anywhere is a huge deal. Yeah. 
And so I'm sure God. any company this is like <laughs> would jump at the chance to have him. Any company, this, I'm sure. Man, this son of a bitch is such a genius at this. Like, I don't know if he meant to do this, but he made himself well, even I mean, more desirable by having this blow up. Because now level, it's like even more insane for him to show up. I mean, on some level, yeah, it was, because it's like you've got to know. I mean, it's like reality TV, you know? It's like the more of a villain you are, the more heat you get, the more buzz you get the more valuable you are to the company that you're in and sure there's a limit the limit being getting in a physical fight yeah yeah (laughs) but like like racist which which forces people to distance themselves from you for a while for a while but then after that kind of dies down and everybody everybody's wounds heal and they forget about it and like people move on then all of a sudden it's like okay well this heat is still kind of here because this this like latent drama is still boiling and we never got closure you know like the fans never got closure with punk he just disappeared yeah which so is what happened like, the first time yeah. we never got closure <laughs> and he disappeared and we're like will he ever come back and then he came back and it was like oh my god he's back this is insane and then he's gone again even m- more insanely now and yeah. it's an even crazier situation it's like he, is he ever gonna he can never be back right and like if he comes back and be like this is nuts that this guy yeah. is back like, if he came he, back at WrestleMania to mess with Rollins yeah. on behalf of Logan Paul, people would lose their minds. This is, I mean, they would. This is, he is pushing the limits of, like, where, pe- where people would actually be happy. Because <laughs> I, again, I mean, look at me. Even I've almost, like, forgiven him and been like, well, I guess maybe yeah. it wasn't that bad. And I think a lot of people have and he, will because you can't stay mad forever. You can't stay mad forever. It's, it's also, like, I mean, he was wrong. He came off like a real asshole. Yeah. But he also, uh, like, I didn't technically do anything, like, unforgivable. No. You know what I mean? He and just is, is like a jerk. And it was just a version of what we all already liked about Yeah. Him. And also, wrestling is all about stories. Yeah. Falling from grace, messing up, making a mistake. Oh, my That's God. an act one beginning of a story. It, you know? It, 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 <laughs> like it, that's, it's basically is the beginning of eastbound and down it's an inciting incident is folks. what that it's the beginning and is. not the end like stories don't yes. end with mistakes unless everybody dies because of the mistake they cm powers start with mistakes so cm powers would he, be a great you know him making a mistake just makes him more of a story and he makes it more relatable if he's willing to acknowledge that he made a mistake yeah. i don't know that he would be if he is not he 100 would have to come back as a heel. Yeah. Now, if he would be like... I think what heel I wa- CM Punk would be great. He would be great, especially like if he's like, I'm better than everybody here, and you should all be bowing down to me and like worshiping me and being so grateful that I'm here, and I'm going to help everybody. And you know, It would be great. Also, there are still a lot of CM Punk stands out there that are not... Uh, and again, I'm a huge fan. I even mm-hmm. still would consider myself a fan. I'm not like... Yeah. you know, I haven't thrown him under the bus no, or anything, I mean, but it's sure. just like... But it's just... Uh, I'm mad at him and i think mm-hmm. he was wrong and i don't yeah. think you know and i'm like the biggest apologist for like you know like star wars i will defend everything so like you know i mean and it's there's like, a million ways he could come back to AEW. there's a million ways he could come back to wwe yeah. there's a million storylines you can build off of this that will all work um so it's like it's I, know, to me it's just a matter of time you know where he should go where c m l l oh that'd Mitchell be Libre. cool that would be awesome and he's like cmll imagine punk. if we went down there and like went to a show and, and just all of CM a punk's just CM wrestling punk just, shows up. just wrestling uh uh in arena mexico and we're just like <gasps> cm uh, cm punk is just wrestling uh, mystico that would be a huge match what if he came back as a lucha 
That would be. Well, he but did, he has tattoos, he, so people would recognize him. He did him, right? wear a lucha mask for a while in yeah. WWE when he got his head shaved. Oh. And oh. he wore a, he wore a mask. <laughs> It'd be funny if he just like went down to Mexico and wrestled as a lucha anonymously, as generally. <laughs> Googling the CM Punk mask so you can okay. see it. Okay. Well, thank you. They can't see it, but yeah, no, they'll never, they'll never a, see it. Good thing this is a video. They'll never see it. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh. But yeah, so we'll see if he comes back. I mean, look, who the hell? Yeah. Who the hell knows? Uh, we should speed this up a little. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. Uh, Jericho. Jericho got duck season, rabbit seasoned again into another match with good Ricky job, Starks. Jericho. I love you big it. Dumb dumb. I love it. He's that's why Jericho is great because he is not afraid to look like an idiot. Yeah. Cause he this is the second time somebody has been like, yeah, you don't want to match with me. It's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 no. I, you know, you, you just, you, you said know, you didn't, and you said you yeah, didn't and you can't win. You know, happen. like, you know, you probably can't win without the JS. It's like, yeah, I can. Yeah. And then he just, you know, and then I mean, when he was like walking away from Ricky Starks and Ricky Starks did the, like the reveal that he was like uh-huh. smiling, that he had tricked him and Jericho was like walking away smiling. And then there was, they didn't focus on it, but he was, as he was walking up the ramp, I did see him go like, Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. He's always been kind of a mimbo, that Jericho. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's a great. blonde. He's a true blonde. He is. He's always. That's why he's best when he's an idiot. He's just. Yeah. A, he's a loud, very self-confident idiot, and mm-hmm. that's like the usually the funniest type of character. Yeah. Um. So All right. that's great. Shall we move on? Yeah, I so there's things? some fun happenings at the ROH TV tapings that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to spoil things for people. Okay, well then let's move on. Yeah, but some stuff's going to happen. And I'm considering Honor Club. I think I might resubscribe to Honor Club because I want to watch this ROH show. I thought I couldn't do it, but I, I can. Wow, Women of Wrestling is coming out with two I, documentaries. I got, this, I got this press release today. Yeah. You got the press release? I got the press release we watched, for Wow. So we watched the newest season of Wow a little bit, and we watched oh, like yeah. an older season of Wow from like 2019 or something. Yeah, we watched the 2019 Wow that had like Willow in it and stuff. Willow and, and yeah. It was great. The newer season, like uh, we, we should probably watch more of it to give it more of a chance. We only watched yeah. the first episode. But having watched like two episodes of each, yeah. The old season was great. It was like an yeah. NXT. It was like a oh, perfect yeah. little wrestling show. The matches were solid, but like the character mm-hmm. building was it's really on good. Pluto. It's on Pluto TV if you want to look it up. Wow. Women are wrestling. It's free. Yeah. So like you, you don't even have to sign up for anything. You just Or you might have to sign up, but you don't have to pay for anything. So yeah. you just log in, watch Women of Wrestling. Very good one hour show. So it's fast and it's, it's tight and it's like the characters are all hilarious. Yes. Um, and they did a great job. Kiara Hogan has been in AEW for like a year and she's never really had and much I of a character. And I had never really pe- no like yeah. she because she's been like a background player yeah, for so long. For Jane and then, Cargill. And then, in, and then when I saw her in WOW, I was like, wait, she's an AEW? She's great. They did one video package of her <laughs> that like explained her entire life. God, it, and it made me cry. It was like three minutes long, yeah, too. It like, was so fast and And it was and like, good. I want her to win everything now. You yeah. Know? And it was like, that's really all it takes. The newer episodes, I think they're just trying to build some newer stars. And they also, I think they have less experienced talent mm-hmm. now. Because before they had like a lot of yeah. people that have now been b- bought up by WWE and AEW. Yeah. Um, and Impact. So it's kind of, but you know. Uh, but hopefully they'll hopefully these documentaries still, help them like, get out there. And the the one on Pluto that is very easy because the newer one too you can only watch if you have cable because it's on at like eleven o'clock on Saturday nights. It should on be on CBS Saturday mornings. Yeah, because it's very much like a car- a Saturday morning cartoon and it's structured that way. But if you look at your local CBS affiliate, it'll be on Saturday evenings, eleven o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. So there's my plug for Wow. But if you want to watch the older episodes that we were just talking about that we really loved from 2019. Pluto TV. <sighs> so if you watch Colbert weekdays, 
just don't change anything on Saturday. Yeah. And they'll be there. <laughs> uh, or you'll catch half of it, I guess, because yeah. it's at 1130. Um, Billy Starks. Billy Starks is making her MLW debut at a show I wanted to watch live, but then realized was a taping that is now airing on Reels. And she's going to be making, I think she's actually um, challenging Taya Valkyrie for the oh, yeah, she MLW is. World We famously uh, saw Billy Starks at the GCW uh, uh, tournament uh, a couple weeks weekends ago. And she was the only woman in the tournament. And yeah. afterwards, I went up to her at her merch station and told her I was proud of her. Wow. She is like 19, by the way. I know. It's so just, she is kind of a child. It's it's hard because I get caught up in the emotions when I meet yeah. these young women. And I, I think, think she appreciated ah, it. I know. <laughs> Either that or she thought I was just like such a condescending jerk. But Honestly, hopefully she, was... she understood that I just meant I was really proud and happy to see a, a, a woman holding her own. With it the probably boys. meant something to her. She probably, I hope so. It's probably nice for her to talk I to I kind of shit-talked it, too. I was like, oh, thank God there's at least one woman on this thing. Like, oh, And she yeah. was like, <laughs> um, But she clearly did not want to engage in shit-talking because she's a good person. She's a good person, and she doesn't want to, you know, shit-talk. She's appreciative of her opportunities. Yeah. And she's on MLW now. Yeah. And Reels apparently has a deal now where they're going to be one of, like, the real-time streaming services on Peacock. Peacock. So real. We got them. We got them. But MLW will be blacked out when it gets to that. Don't let them on. No, Peacock. don't let them on. And it's funny because MLW just recently sued WWE for uh, anti violating antitrust laws. Oh wow! They filed an antitrust lawsuit that just wow. got like kind of dismissed. It is amazing that he can still get away with this in the era of streaming when content, when having as much content as possible on your streaming service is like the number one priority for everybody. Mm -hmm. He can still get away with making people black things out. That's he, nuts. And it's crazy because the uh, the judge in the case like sort of dismissed it. He was like, he gave MLW three weeks to like redo their complaint to mm -hmm. like fit, to fix errors or whatever th that the judge thought uh, there were with it. And um Honestly, I feel like they could just point to this exact thing and be yeah. like, be "This like, is like, hey, so you wanted like more proof that they're a, like a monopoly? Well, here's this." So yeah, because like, Peacock yeah. would have gotten revenue from MLW by putting them on there, but this is just yeah. petty Vince not wanting any competition. Um, there were a few oh. other things, but we should talk about um, like the segments we wanted to do. Yeah, no, we can. So, what was the promo of the week this week? Oh, so my promo. That, well, hang on. Oh, there was another gossip corner. So yeah, we should we should talk about the gossip corner first. We've got time. Golly. We got plenty of time. I just we talked so much about the headlines. We're still you know. Anyway, we had fun. Anyway, so gossip corner. Here. This is a segment we call gossip corner. It's where we talk about gossip, gossip. corner. <sighs> okay, so for gossip corner, gossip we, corner, we talk really quietly. There's stuff. We shouldn't whisper the whole time. That'll be annoying. This is an Anyway, <laughs> no, the reason I put Lita under Gossip Corner is In because, all caps. because I just learned about the, well, actually, I already knew about it, but I forgot about it. You told me about it yeah, before. Yeah, I probably told you and the you kind of Matt Hardy, Edge, Lita, Love Triangle from the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I was watching like a YouTube explainer on it, and it was talking about how she had a second phone. That, Whoa! That, like apparently, like because I didn't know it got that deep. Yeah, like it was the kind of thing where like Edge and Lita were like, "No, nothing's going on." And then Matt Hardy finds her second phone when she's out on the road or That's something. Like or Jeff and Susie on Curb <laughs> Enthusiasm. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole video explainer because it was made by somebody who started off with uh, 
their their opening line was bros before hoes and i was like oh. mm, this person already has a viewpoint that i don't agree with yeah um anyway i just wanted to throw that into gossip corner because i was like that is some juicy gossip yeah if you're not familiar <laughs> with the edge Matt hardy lita situation where matt hardy and lita were a couple i think they were even engaged uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, they weren't married, I don't they think. They weren't married. I think they were engaged. Edge was married to somebody else, though. Edge has been married, like, this is like his third. Him and his wife, Beth, this is like his third marriage. But yeah. I think it's fine now. And they, they've worked that out. But but Edge, then Lita was cheating on Matt Hardy in real life with Edge. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, Edge and Lita were not involved with each other in story, like, on TV mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and then it, like, came out that this was happening it, like Matt Hardy figured it out and they started like complaining about it I think to people at like signings and stuff and so like WWE ended up firing Matt Hardy mm-hmm. <laughs> the victim and then not that I'm like condemning Lita and Edge I don't know but like but he was fired and then there was so, people were chanting for Matt Hardy and like mm-hmm. hijacking the show about it and stuff mm-hmm. so they brought him back on like a freelance thing and he started coming out of the stands to attack Edge they <laughs> So people started booing Edge, and well, he was already mm-hmm. healed, but they were booing Lita. They were saying not nice things to her from the yeah, crowd, I'm sure. and they ended up having to put them together on mm. TV. And so she was like his girlfriend then. And then Matt Hardy started showing up, running it out of the stands, and like they had a match, and then they re-signed Matt Hardy. But it was this whole thing um, that I don't know that Lita was always that comfortable with. Oh, um, she definitely wasn't. I saw a clip of her on Stone Cold's podcast where she talked about how hard it was to come to work during that period yeah. because of how miserable she was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's less fun gossip, but the rest of the gossip is fun. Yeah. Okay. This is all. So, well. Well. This one is, thing is not, but it'll lead it into could something. Be. It could be. Maybe. <laughs> so Buddy Matthews and Rhea Ripley dating. Yeah. Dating. So we talked about Buddy, this last week, and somehow I didn't. Somehow we didn't. Somehow John left this out when we were talking about Judgment Day versus uh the House of Black. Yeah. And comparing them and contrasting them, John left out a key fact that Buddy Matthews from the House of Black and Rhea Ripley, who basically is the reason Judgment Day exists, are a couple. Dating. 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 Dating each other. Dating. So dating. uh yeah, they're they're dating. They're both like jacked, so that's cute. That they both I like love to it. lift. My you favorite know? goth couple. Yeah, they both love to lift. <laughs> they both um love to it's funny because Rhea Ripley is like the most goth one mm-hmm. in Judgment Day, the most genuinely goth one, and Buddy Matthews is by far the least goth one in House of Black. He's like a regular guy, and then like she Brody got all King the goth in the relationship. Yeah. Um, that's true, you know. And then Julia Hart, our fave, another young woman I've who, met in person, and, and told and that you were proud of, said that I was proud of her. Yeah, <laughs> I just—they're all my daughters. She also was like twenty at the time. These so. are all the, the children I will never have. Is these young yeah. little wrestler girls who yeah. I go up to and say, "I'm so proud of you." Yeah, and they're like, you "Thank you." Are you gonna buy some merch? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, um, but Julia Hart is engaged to Lee Johnson. Yes, of the factory. He was part of Cody Rhodes's like. Um, little faction sort of it was kind of a faction engaged uh, and then cody Rhodes left so lee johnson hasn't been on tv as much anymore but yes engaged 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 They're had engaged. no idea they were dating. buddy matthews and rhea ripley <laughs> oversight on my part julia hart and lee johnson no no idea they were dating little instagram post i have i we follow her on instagram i don't ever we remember both follow her, her posting instagram. anything about no, this relationship until they were engaged yeah until until we saw the engagement photos so good luck to them um Whew. Uh, yeah. No, we're very happy for them. That's great. I, you yeah. know, it's nice because you want Julia. You know, she's young. She's new in the industry. You want her to be in a solid, you know, mm-hmm. protected situation. And I feel like being in a stable relationship is a good sign that she is right. 
Is yeah. that sexist? No. I don't know. But Happy you said Women's it, History so Month. I'm off the hook. Every woman uh, should have a man to take care of her, is yeah. all I'm trying to say. Um, anyway, the She's last... She's be a traditional wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get her out of the ring and into the yeah, kitchen. That's all is. I'm trying to say. Uh, the last thing that we got to say is a bit of gossip that may be kayfabe. Maybe kayfabe, maybe not kayfabe. It may be, but if it's kayfabe, it's spreading. Like, the, if, a lot, there's a lot of... I mean, here's the thing. Conspiracy actors here. First, we'll explain what it is. Okay, so um, this also goes into the promo of the week that I picked. And I... did. You, does that plus, I plus one, one. you agreed it? Yeah. Okay. So our promo of the week is MJF and Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Uh, a battle of words <laughs> <laughs> where 60 minute iron it's writer so match. it's so genius because where we are with the mjf story is that he is just a cowardly jerk who made brian diane brian brian danielson <laughs> right, i gotta call a hospital diane, real quick. diane branielson brian that's da- that was probably he, one of the names they pitched in wwe <laughs> when they changed the name to daniel ryan he made, made diane branielson but he made brian danielson go through a gauntlet of other wrestlers to get the hour-long iron man match against him because mm. mjf's whole thing is that he doesn't want to wrestle blah 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 um you think to yourself Okay, now that uh, Brian Danielson has defeated all these wrestlers, we're going into this Iron Man match, right? Max is just a cowardly jerk. How are we going to set it up so that people will want to root for Max, who is probably going to win and retain? Yeah. Um, and and what Max did was came out and said his fiance Naomi, who we all know about his fiance because on social media and stuff they've been yeah. She, this is the thing. She's been kayfabe on social media. So, but uh, he said that she left him, and that now the only thing keeping him from killing himself is the fact he that loves, he has the belt. He loves this device, and that everybody's a jerk, and they've turned on him, and the whole world is awful, and that Brian Danielson is a jerk because Brian Danielson has a wife and kids, which MJF will never have, <laughs> and yet he continues to risk his health and safety in the ring. Yeah. I thought it was a CTE. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really a turn; it's just like a development. But I thought it was really brilliant because it does give you a vehicle, a, a way to root for MJF. Mm-hmm. That's like dark. <laughs> it's it like, is a dark. You, this guy, like, man, maybe just let this guy win. I know, right? I think it's he like, needs this a little more than you. Like, there's there's real emotion in this match now, and there's like real stakes yeah, and they, real. Uh, reasoning behind why they're fighting each other that didn't exist before. Well, there was, there, I mean, there, there was a, a pretty deep, because MJF, the William Regal thing. Yeah, I mean, I know about the William Regal thing. I'm just saying, like... It is also a pretty deep story. I feel like, yeah, but it had been kind of a it while. It had been a while since they talked about and it. And William Regal's not in it anymore, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of hard to make that an immediate, like stakes situation they had kind of let that go away yeah and i mean he brought that up too yeah he did finally so they're still the using first time. that yeah but i just thought it was a great way to kind of heat things up before yeah. the match and like make people all of a sudden care a lot you know um i mean that personal issue is usually that it's also was a great justification for it mm-hmm. and it was a great way to use a real life potentially uh, tragedy in his life to then yeah. fuel a story. So this is why it's in Gossip Corner too. Is that we don't know if it's real. They did unfollow each other on the social medias. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, on Instagram, as I said before, Naomi has been kayfabe. Like she's been like, "Oh, Max is such a jerk" on social media and mm-hmm. stuff. So like, 
for all we know, this could be a machination. Like Max, a machination, a machination. Max could have been like Maxie of Elian. <laughs> yeah, he could have been like, we need to pretend God. to break up. He needs we to need to pretend shirt. to break up so that I can have some kind of adversity to heat things up going into this match. You know, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him either. It is, if it's real, which I'm like eighty percent that it's real. If it's real. It was like cute. It it's kind of it's very sad. Not just because people broke up, but because it's like at first it was really cute that he was like, she was like into doing this like you know playing along with his like mean character, yeah. and he would say like kind of mean things in interviews and stuff. And it was like oh, but everything's actually fine. It's yeah. all cool. But now that they broke up, it's like yeah, maybe he w- was going over the line a little bit. <laughs> you know, like maybe this wasn't fine. Maybe this sucked to deal yeah. with. And maybe she was just like, can you stop being an asshole? <laughs> like yeah. I know that's like your character, but yeah. You know, um, so if it's pretty sad if it, if it is real. Yeah. Cause it, cause it could be a symptom of, you know, wrestlers kind of becoming their characters. It's usually because they not, can't escape it. It's usually not good when you live the gimmick. Yeah. I can't think of a lot of great examples, even if it wasn't like the worst thing. Yeah. It seems like their lives would have been better if they did. Cause like there's no, there's also no examples of like successful couples who've done that, you know? Like Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth didn't end well. Triple H and Stephanie ended pretty well. But they, for them. did they live the gimmick? They well, I don't the think gimmick they was that no, but the gimmick was that they were a couple and then they really became a couple. Yeah, but, but I mean that's different than yeah, being they, yeah. That's just like meeting, your personality just like outside you, the ring when you do a movie together and then you get married. Yeah, that's just co-workers. which also doesn't necessarily. That's just coworkers hooking up, which is um, what we love here. We support yeah, that. We support that. Uh, okay, we both have different. With. We're also doing a segment called Match of the Week, this which is, is I. By the way, when we said Match of the Week, I said we should be like our Match of the Week this week is Julia Hart and Lee Johnson. I wanted to be cute with it oh, and did. say that it was like we wanted to be cute, and I was like, no, we will be taken seriously as a wrestling podcast. We want Dave Meltzer to notice us. Yeah, Dave Meltzer, come on our podcast. Well, oh my would. god that would be great i'm sure he would i would it's I'll so funny because i would be so starstruck and it would probably be not a big deal for him <laughs> i gotta tell people i asked him a question on twitter this week and he a- answered me yeah i think he does that all the time but oh it's he does like, it's so it's great it's not special it just made me happy because i'd never thought of a question to ask him and when i had one i was like oh, i have a question and he yeah. answered and it was great um yeah, anyway, so match of the week we both picked different ones yeah so i'll say mine because it gives us an excuse to talk about impact yeah, which, which I want to print a, print a retraction here and apologize. I didn't tell you there was an impact pay-per-view. He didn't tell me there was an impact pay-per-view. Friday or Saturday. He's I, been trying to get me into impact. Didn't tell me they had a pay-per-view. That was only $10. It's only $10 on fight. It's also on impact plus, which is like $10 a month. And then you get access to all of their, it's like their <sighs> peacock. So you could sign up for impact plus. It's really hard to cancel Impact Plus, though. The only person that I ever had that, like, <laughs> he couldn't sign into it anymore, and then they wouldn't let him cancel it, and he had to, like, just ha- cancel the card. It was Do really... you have to call that DOA guy at home or whatever his name is, Department of Authority? Oh, or... Santino Morella? Yeah, you have to call him at home and be like, I don't want to cancel. Yeah. Why? Impact the Plus Department. Why do you want to cancel? Uh, why do you want to cancel? Uh, uh, anyway. You have dishonored me. So I watched it today because I found out about it, and I watched it today. And so my match of the week, I've decided to nominate Joe Hendry versus Moose. In a dot combat it's match. It's a dot combat match. For the Impact Digital Media Championship. And they could use computer parts to fight each other. It was great. The only thing about it that I will say, my note for it, is that they didn't always honor the reality of the danger of the computer parts. Like, there's a couple 
moments where Joe Henry gets like a tiny little remote control car out Mm -hmm. and like drives it towards Moose and Moose just kind of kicks it away and makes fun of it. Mm-hmm. And the announcer's like, what is this? It's a child's toy, you know? And I I, I just, I want to go on the record as saying, I don't like that. You got to sell. I Yeah, I really don't like that. I, I think that if you're going to have a toy car in the ring, everyone needs to act like it's a real car. <laughs> and everyone needs I to I thought he was going to slip on it like a Home Alone yeah. and then robber. And then he brings out another car that's even bigger. And like, but instead of using it, because the remote doesn't work or something. He just chucks it at Moose's crotch genitals. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't like that either. Cause exactly it's exactly like, how the announcers put it. It's like the thing where, I don't know, it, like wrestling when it's silly, it can be so brilliant. But the thing that makes it brilliant is everyone buying into the gimmick as hard as possible. Like a bunch of adults coming together and saying, yes, we're going to pretend that this child's toy is a dangerous weapon of war and mm-hmm. and and that is the beauty of it if you back off of it and make fun of it it's like who cares that's literally uh that's like an old classic comedy note as i remember like gene hack yeah not gene, Hackman, it's like gene imp- wilder talking about this where yeah. he was like it and i mean they talk about an improv and stuff too like you have to commit to it you yeah. have to be like you know if you're in a silly situation if you commit to it and act it dramatically and act yeah. like it's a real you know, it's like a real situation, but it's silly. Like that'll sell it. If you're just like wacky or whatever, then it's you know, then it's gonna look stupid. Or yeah, because otherwise, who cares? Or if you're ironically detached. Yeah, it like, doesn't. Who no, cares? who cares? If you don't care, why do I care? Yeah, if you think this is stupid, I'm gonna think this is stupid, and then it's like, why did we even do it? Yeah, and then we're all embarrassed and sad. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're at raw. <laughs> but you know, they both they gave a great match. Mm-hmm. Both of them are great wrestlers. Um, Joe Hendry has two some... people you've just seen for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Moose has been around no, for a long no, time. No, you've seen Moose, but Moose, um, but Joe Hendry is somebody who I just became aware of, and mm-hmm. his uh, he's got some really great comedy stuff going on. He, okay, he makes. I didn't realize he was a comedy guy. Well, he does these like videos, like he. <laughs> I believe in Joe Hendry. He mm-hmm. has a song like that, and he has a music video that he released ahead of this match. That's just him like in different places like singing how he believes in himself and then he does like claps to the beat really slowly um it's that kind of comedy you know it's just yeah very silly um and he's scottish too so he kind of reminds me of like gerard butler a little bit oh we love gerard butler yeah don't we? it's like if gerard butler did comedy wrestling is oh what this God. guy reminds me of. maybe we can get him for maybe he's 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 quite the quite the guy um he, yeah, but yeah a, so yeah. i liked that match because i liked the idea of a of a match where you can fight each other with uh, computer parts. They they <laughs> they threw each other into keycaps instead of thumbtacks. Oh, <laughs> basically, when I was watching this, this is like a UCBW XSW. Yeah, match. it was very much like There's that. There's like a clear game. It was like you a play on a hardcore match, but they, instead of like hammers and stuff, they were using like like they threw a gaming chair. Oh, yeah. that's great. Stuff I like mean, that. these things are heavy. Yeah. Sega, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe, Joe Hendry hit Moose with a Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. He um, lifted the, yeah. And he lifted the top of it open, like, because Moose did the, like, you know, rolling the fi- middle rolling finger, up. finger up. finger yeah. And then so Joe Hendry did it back at him, but he rolled up the top <laughs> of the Dreamcast, you know? Um, yeah, that was good. And I said... Your match of the week. My match of the week was also a comedy wrestler, former UCBW tag team champion. Uh, Orange Cassidy defending the AEW All-Atlantic Championship against Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta on Dynamite last week. And it was just a great match. I mean, those guys had a lot of history because Yuta was in the Best Friends and then he left to go join Blackpool Combat Club. And it was like the whole match was like a battle of ideologies 
Orange Cassidy was like being chill for the first like half of it and mm-hmm. trying to like he like wouldn't Wheeler Yuta was like trying to be intense and Orange Cassidy like would not engage with it which like is something that he does a lot but in this match it was pointed because I think he was trying to be like nah this is the way to be I'm not going to be aggressive like you want to be chill but then by the end of it Wheeler Yuta like was being so aggressive and would not stay down that Orange Cassidy started actually getting mad mm-hmm. and then gave into it and then Wheeler Yuta got to he broke him a little bit and Orange Cassidy had to like really take him down so it was on Dynamite and lost it was cool. great he lost his cool man oh man heel Orange Cassidy when he's like he cares now and yeah. that's bad yeah <laughs> Just stop caring it's gonna be great he's like no i care a lot now and it's just like it's, that's all he's gonna need to do his heel to be thing is just that he keeps crying yeah like in a really dramatic fashion yeah he doesn't even have pockets yeah uh he wears regular glasses all right for the f- we have another segment called flashback where we look back flashback. on flashback on something that we stumbled on that was old i already went over a lot of my stuff earlier with the Becky and Seth interview. Do you want to tell us who was in Furious 7 without reading it? It was Ronda Rousey. Okay. so I've practiced this. Anne has a thing where she can't tell the difference between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I Uh, can now. I've looked at them several times in the last couple of days. She did her homework. She studied. I studied their faces. On our little cheat sheet uh, And I put Ronda Rousey She put Shayna Baszler in Furious 7 first, and then I had to point it out to her. But anyway, so I was watching Furious 7 the other night. There's also no H in Ronda. I was watching Furious 7 the other night, like you do. It's the seventh installment in the Fast and Furious Great American pastime. Yes. And Ronda Rousey shows up in it, and she does some of the worst acting I've ever seen a human being do. Yeah. Uh, and there's like two lines two lines li- literally she has two lines horrible at both of them anyway i, I just wanted to say that yeah. i don't really have any other thoughts on it other than to say I mean, like uh, well i think at the time i was complaining to you about it because i was like imagine i mean i realized when this movie came out i don't think she was in wwe yet but when you think about roles like that you think about like how much with even just two lines somebody like a becky lynch a Bailey, a Mercedes Monet, any of those women could. Sounds like a painting when you say it like that. <laughs> oh, right. Money. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, there, like there are so many women in WWE who can fight and deliver these awesome performances and mm-hmm. like just do great work. And it, it, it's kind of, it's just always a bummer when you UFC see. was just so popular and uh, UFC at the it time, is. it really was like, I think Fast and Furious and UFC fans were like a Venn, it was yeah. one of those things where the Venn diagram is just a circle. Yeah. So I think it was just the, per- Ronda Rousey was on top of the world before yeah. like 2014. Like, yeah. It's just boy culture where it's like, it doesn't matter. She can fight and she's famous. So let's and get her And she in did there. the triangle choke thing. Every, every like every fight now and like, even like a Marvel movie, people do like MMA. It used to always be like karate. And mm-hmm. now it's like all, all fights are like MMA a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's like fine, but it's also just like, I get it. People are going to do the rolling, like triangle choke thing. And it's yeah. like, they did that and it's fine. Um, okay. So our next segment. Well, also, it's oh. funny. You said you were talking about Becky. Uh, I do want to do a quick, a quick flashback to when Becky did join, and we watched Becky do a little Irish <laughs> jig oh, dance. Oh, I forgot about uh, Becky's there. We watched Becky's a little river debut. Dance. Becky's debut on NXT, where she does a river dance, and then she does the drunken leprechaun fist. Yeah, she did like the fighting Irish, like uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, it's pretty. Actually, in her interview with Seth on that other podcast I watched, uh, she says that that was her most embarrassing moment on TV. I 
believer. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It was it was also just like WWE, especially if you are <laughs> not like an American or whatever. She's, like I think she said something like, that was back when Emma was doing this, and so everybody thought, well, maybe this will work. Oh, yeah, Emma was doing the... <laughs> but that was fun. I don't know. Emma's was silly, and it wasn't based on a racial stereotype. Yeah. Like... Becky Lynch was doing the thing where they were just like, all right, you're Irish. What's the most stereotypical Irish nonsense we can, you know. Have bright red hair and do a jig. Yeah. And so the thing was like, seriously, if Gunther didn't, if Triple H didn't take over, like right as he got to the main roster, Gunther would have been wearing later hosen and yodeling by Mm -hmm. now. Like it would have been ridiculous yeah. uh but yeah okay. we can but that we can just go right into the becky and seth rollins interview that we did we talk oh, about well, that? we talked about that oh, we already. did talk we about, talked about that, yeah. in the beginning but that was my other flashback was looking back at that um our next segment nerd we don't need to speed through this this is our show we can no, go we can do whatever we want. we want um next segment is nerd fantasy booking nerd fantasy booking nerd fantasy booking apologies this is to all nerds especially <laughs> the ones that talk like this um this is a segment where we book a match that or a storyline that we would like to see that's probably not that possible i mean you can have possible ones but i, I put spe- a possible sp- one because i couldn't think of anything i specifically we already developed s- this we already said mine so we can just mention mine because you mentioned it already okay earlier. sure go ahead mine is just that uh i wanted eddie kingston to win the AEW world title from mjf at grand slam 2023 in the battle of battle for king of new york so I'll think of a sillier, not sillier, but a crazier one next time. Well, I think that's a very good one. I like that yeah, one too. You but want but the, the, the spirit behind this segment was to give us an opportunity to fantasize about bookings that would never, probably never happen. Look, can but you not give me notes on that? I'm just explaining to you and the audience. Can not give me notes on that? I'm going to give you as many notes as I want. So mine, get ready for this. Get ready for this. I have a joke that I want to do, but I don't want to. You don't know what mine is because I put it in code, so you wouldn't know what it is. I know. Can I tell you what it? <sighs> I don't. Okay, you do what? it first. Cause I'll say it after because I wanted you to, to do it. Well, no. Tell me the joke because then you won't be sitting there waiting so to the do your P- joke. It says PH at WM. So I'm like Philip Hoffman at WrestleMania. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> I have some unfortunate news. Uh, okay. Um, now that you've got the joke, great, I, now sure. that you've got the joke editor system, you great, can listen. You. you can listen and react genuinely to this <sighs> pitch. Feel better. Prince Harry at WrestleMania. Wow. I think Prince Harry should debut on WWE at WrestleMania. And he could work that gimmick too. He has a built-in gimmick. He has a built-in gimmick. He's a wife guy. He's a wife He's guy. He's a prince. He's here to prove himself in America. He gave away his royalty. He gave away his royalty. And he's coming I mean, to NXT. He's no, he no, he's coming to WrestleMania. I know he would come to. He's WrestleMania. coming to WrestleMania to attack Cody. Oh my God! Because if anybody wants to defend a bloodline, wow! And it's he's the Prince of England. And yeah, and he's the American dream now. Yeah, he's living the American dream. Oi, I came to fight the Americans. <laughs> All right, it's Cody. I need me to And he talks like right. a cockney now. Because I'm a man of the people. All right. Yeah. I'm not some haughty talky. He's, man- he's managed by none other than William Regal. Yeah. Oh my God, William Regal managing Prince Harry. This is an incredible. See, this is a nerd fantasy booking. This right is here. incredible. This um, is this is this is the Vince McMahon is watching this fully erect. Does Megan show up? 
Yes, she's his Miss Elizabeth. She's his. He, oh. She's the one that like when people insult her, he gets he goes into Hulkamania mode. Okay, you yeah. Know? He like. Yeah. He gets his ginger powers kick in and yeah, he just he, goes crazy. Prince Harry versus Sami Zayn because they did at one point they looked very similar. Well, that would be funny. They looked a lot alike. Sami Zayn could be like his bodyguard, his body double kind of thing. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> Where they cut very very obviously to the, yeah. the Sami Zayn. Yeah. And not him taking bumps. Yeah, exactly. Prince Harry at WrestleMania would be great. That would be, yeah, Prince Harry versus Cody Rhodes next year. Mm-hmm. Prince Harry is one. <laughs> it's the prince. The prince is here. <coughs> is he still called prince? I can't do that voice without. <coughs> We're not of the queen's people. You know, we, we left gonna it. going to have to edit that out. When we, um, you know, we can't do the accent anymore. When we turned no, our backs on the, the crown. Yelling. I was going to do the yelling announcer voice, but I can't do it. The, the JR, the, like the... The prince. The prince is here. And he's wailing on Cody Rhodes. The prince. Oh, my God. Good God almighty. Yeah, I can He's opening up a can of whoop-ass. <laughs> uh, 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 what do they call whoop-ass in, in England? Uh, whoop-bum? Yeah, whoop-bum. Smack-bum. Smack-bum. Uh, he's opening no, a can of beat-bum. He's technically not a prince anymore. He, he, he's not a duke anymore is what he was before he gave up yes. everything. But I think the prince or the duke or whatever gimmick he wants to work would be great. I hope he's oh. a cowboy when he comes in. I like how we're talking about it, like this is definitely going to happen. This is absolutely, absolutely going to happen. <laughs> you think they wouldn't? They're try? in LA. That's where he lives. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so great if they showed up and did a thing. Imagine if Vince McMahon's calling Prince Harry right now. Oh my God. Harry, listen, he I had some issues with my father too growing up. He needs a job. <laughs> you need a job. I need a prince. They gave up all that money. Yeah. You are. You're. You were in the army. You can take a bump. Yeah, that's true. No, he was flying planes, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, for homework, I already I watched the Gaia Girls. Uh huh. Um, so you bought these? Oh, that was okay. Yes, the, you also bought those books, and you well, you talked well, about those a little bit. Well, that'll be homework for next week. Okay. But the Gaia Girls, I want to say I really liked it. Um, one of the things that struck me about it was that it's from 2000, and I was watching it, and I was confused in the first third because I was like, they're not acknowledging that this is like not real like they they weren't they was just like fully them talking about like fighting and winning and losing and Mm -hmm. i was like really confused and then i remembered oh it's 2000 there's probably still very much honoring a kayfabe yeah and and that was cool because then i was like oh wow this totally like it's it's like watching something in a time capsule you know (laughs) where you're like oh my gosh wow i forgot that like this is how it was like the, if you made a re- movie about wrestling, even if it's a purported documentary, it's not going to be about like, you know, setting up matches and stuff. It's no. going to be about like learning to fight, you know? Yeah. And I think I, even Japanese wrestling today is very like when, when I watch like new Japan, it's like, it just feels like it's real. Mm-hmm. Like they treat it. Everybody treats it like it's a real thing. Like it's a sport. Yeah. And so it just doesn't, you don't even think about it as not being a sport and everybody just treats it that way. They're not like super protective of it necessarily, but they're yeah. just like, it just is, you know, just doesn't feel like. But it's I mean, fake. it's good. It's just, it's just amazing because they're like, these girls get beat up and they just get yelled at by their coaches, and yeah. you're just like, this is rough. Joshi wrestling is no um, joke. It is. Yeah, it gave me a, a good respect for it. So actually, there's a there's one match I think announced or confirmed for. Well, I guess it's a maybe it's a spoiler. I don't think it's really a spoiler for our Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor that I'll lay on you. Yeah. It's the women's title match. It's the what? ROH Women's World Championship well, match. Well, Athena. Athena defending the title against the magical girl, Yuka Sakazaki. I don't oh. know if she's still using that, but she's been like 
the top champion in Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is on Wrestle Universe. So Wrestle Universe is the streaming service that has Pro Wrestling Noah, which mm-hmm. is a big wrestling promotion, and they've been on the on the rise again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, DDT, which is kind of the sillier wrestling promotion, but they have great shows, mm-hmm. um, more like Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega are basically from. And um, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro is the uh, that's I think Sasha has been a big or Mercedes has been a big fan of theirs. Yeah, and even I think rubbed some people in New Japan a little bit the wrong way because she was talking about a rival company instead of Stardom. Yeah, um, but. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, she's been a big person over there. She was in AEW a little bit, especially during the beginning, pre-pandemic. Um, so that'll be a cool match. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so for next week, I'm going to be reading a lot about women's wrestling history because I got some books. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, uh, you know, for March, I'll just bring in a women's wrestling history fact. That'd be great. Every week for March. That'd be great. For homework. Yeah. Do a little outro. Let's do a little outro. So we learned a lot today. Did we? I learned that one of my favorite wrestlers is maybe a, one of the most evil people of all time. Which one? Gunther. Oh. He's not really evil, but I just didn't <laughs> want to say Nazi again. Well, just think if Prince Harry comes to WWE, uh, maybe he'll do a heel turn and um, wear his little Nazi costume. Oh, right. I forgot that Prince Harry used to be a Nazi. Yeah. So there you go. In jest, you know. <laughs> um all right. Um, well, that's all the time we have this week because we've decided that's the time we have this week. That's right. We're, We're free. We gotta, you know, we got our our very strict time slot here on Peacock. We got him. We got him. Thanks, everybody. Good night. See you next week. Good wrestling.